Join us as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. them so good a brand new new york undercover tonight so welcoming to the new york undercover part we got jim macchione <laughs> welcoming again How's it going? tv extraordinaire um yeah, so, i don't know about that but well a giant fanboy that is for sure uh so <laughs> so did you were watching new york undercover almost around the same time as parts of homicide <laughs> yeah kind of um yeah, uh, maybe a little later. Oh, oh good. Yeah, it syndicated but, a lot yeah. on now Probably defunct not. channels like CTV and a few other places. And during college, I ended up watching the TV One special. <laughs> TV One special? Yeah, TV One is a cable channel that. No, I know the channel. Uh, that they did a cool recap of the entirety of uh, New York Undercover. How oh, Fox, cool. basically Fox executives, and they still have this problem, and don't let Empire fool you. And they still to this day don't take pride in any show that has a bunch of minorities in the stars, and so they wanted it canceled at every turn. <laughs> wow, I mean, I grew up on some of those shows that, yeah, like minorities if it, built. If In Living Color wasn't the highest rated, they were like, "Oh, we got too many black shows. Screw it!" And they just tried to kill it at multiple turns. The music rights that made it impossible for there to be a DVD release of even season one, you know, and. CEO Andre Harrell, you know, owned Uptown Records, who was one of the producers of it, and both psychologists played by Carolyn McCormick and J.K. Simmings appear on the show, so it's technically yes. in the same universe as Law and Order Homicide, but created by Dick Wolf. Yeah. And Kevin Kevin Arcady, who wrote a homicide episode. It's such a shame. I I haven't even seen the season four episodes, but I've seen it detailed in the documentary because uh, oh, the like, final uh, season? Yeah, and it just ended on a cliffhanger. (laughs) It's just like that. uh, With the guy from Martin. Martin Oh, Martin spent time. He became the lieutenant, I think. Just didn't work. Yeah. Oh, the lieutenant. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Just didn't work. Yeah, I I didn't really even recall him in that. I enjoyed some of the other undercover stuff they did with Josh Hopkins as Detective Stone and Mercer Ryan is Detective Delaney but yeah it was pretty much at that point it was just a watchable seen it before kind of undercover kind of thing how they do these undercover th- shows really is kind of also what helps make the show stand out it's definitely works in a Miami Vice the uh, 48 hours kind of way mm-hmm. and you instantly buy you know Michael W. Lorenzo you know who's 
Puerto Rican as Eddie and, you know, Malik Yoba in his star-making turn as JC, you know, an African-American yes. detective. And they're all part of the fourth precinct in New York and which I'm sure is a real thing, but they take, <laughs> they do a really good job of just like season one is a little dated, does too much by the book, so to speak, but it's still pretty watchable. I will say the la- pretty much it avoids formulaicness by just instantly jumping into just, again, just the characters just really appealed, you know, and you had the beautiful, Lauren Valles, you know, yes. um, who was later on Oz and a bunch of yes. other movies and shows uh, Dexter as, uh, you know, Detective Marino, who's also the love interest of JC. And they really do a good job of just showing how they can hide it without making it become well-known by the squad. What's your take on Jonathan LaPaglia, who is also the brother of Anthony LaPaglia, who's probably better known? <laughs> probably. Uh, do you feel like his character kind of just uh, has a messy storyline, both deliberately and unintentionally? Papaglia's character? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Um, you know, he was good on the show. That's, oh, yeah, for sure. I just mean, uh, it, he kind of just, after a while, is like, man. His his story is just gonna keep getting messy because he is just yeah. that's how deep he is. Um, like, hmm. And I will say that this this made Ice T's pretty good on here as his threatening villain. He overacts a bit, but it's not to the point where you're like, yeah, sure, I'm just watching something else. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that was kind of the point, though. I feel like. Right, and that's why you know. You know, well, a yeah, bit of overacts. So that's Thank no big you. deal. If you can, if you can pull it off, it's it, like, like it works for a show like that. I think. Oh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm with that too. I'm just like, yeah. I mean, if that's what you're gonna do. That's what you're gonna do. But just don't, you know, just own the role. And it's like, yeah. I mean, so that started his relationship with Dick Wolf and everything. But um, uh, they also have Elizabeth Rodriguez as Gina. You know, Eddie's girlfriend. I guess you could say her storyline is just kind of whatever. <laughs> yeah. She's just there to complain. <laughs> uh, there's always just so many great guest stars. Uh, it's interesting seeing Michelle Hurd, who was later on other stuff like Blind Spot and Ash vs. Evil Dead play a district attorney. Uh, we got Jesse L. Martin play a criminal. We got a bunch of other actors making appearances Isaiah Washington it's like yeah these guys you know in their heyday um, list. I mean, even Tyra Banks and Naomi Campbell was like wow someone must have put them on a I mean, was <laughs> was uh New York undercover shot in New York like you know Law and Order was I think it was let me look at the so I mean if you're going on if you're going on Law and Order or if you're talking you know it makes sense these actors will go on New York undercover as well so Dick Wolf can be like I had this other show Right, Eddie Falco's on here briefly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, that pretty much. You know, you can go on there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They have Lisa Vital on here, who's the newspaper reporter, sister of Eddie. They kind of didn't give her as much to do, but she was cool. I thought. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, everyone 
regardless of how many episodes they have, they leave a very good impression, which is what you're supposed to, and it's not easy, you know? It's, Especially um, on network show, but... Because much like Homicide, I mean, this is a good parallel where it's like, it's one of the most watched shows, and yet there's still a restricted audience, and yet uh, people can't seem to realize at the time how groundbreaking it is, and uh, the net. It's again, it's just the you. Despite us being pretty progressive there in the '90s, there still were just a lot of corporate people who just didn't have that at heart. It's like, yeah, this is the show we want to die, so we keep rescheduling it, and it won't die. And now, yeah. when it finally <laughs> dies, it ends at the worst possible time. In exactly. A lesser year. <laughs> it's just like fuck. News radio, anybody? You're right. Oh God, that's that's another good parallel too. And it's like the sitcom, which is so funny, and yet critics are just constantly mocking and <laughs> it's like, one of my favorite shows, but they changed that show nine times and uh, yeah, it's just like guys if it's not broken, please don't fix it. Please oh, yeah. don't fix it. It doesn't need fixing. So what's your take on uh, Patty Quinn as Superior Lieutenant Cooper? It's like, she's had a big, illustrious career. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's on a Homicide episode, but she, I, I, I th think she played the role well. Right. And I, I, think, I think she made the role her own. I think, I think she did it. You know, when I was a little younger, I didn't really like the character. That's because I was young and I'm watching the show. But when I started to get a little older, I, I really dug the character. You know, she's gritty. She's tough. She, I think she does a good job. That and, and I'm sorry if we're using limited addiction, guys. This is a very visual show. So if you watch it, you will totally understand how it is really unlike most of what you've seen. That's what stands out and keeps it from being just like anything else. And I mean, she had a good career later on shows like Third Watch and The Sopranos, but she also, and even Rescue Me, but it's like, yeah, working with Andy Warhol totally makes sense because that's kind of, she's kind of an artiste. Yeah, her roles are really brief, but I mean, she's interesting in how she kind of just illustrates how, you know, she's not going to abuse her power as a woman and a lieutenant, and she at the same time, she wants to get her job done, and, uh, you know, she looks up to these guys really as people. She doesn't view them as, you know, just yes. minorities who are <clears throat> head detectives, and it's like, no, you guys are good, so I'm keeping you on the force, and I'm, exactly. I want you to play nice, you know? <laughs> Uh, well, it's much like much like how G handles his squad. You know, you, you give your guys some rope, and they'll, they'll perform for you. And they do do a good job with maintaining the cover. And like you say, I mean, definitely is similar to Giordello, where it's like, you guys are my brothers, you guys are my sisters, you guys are my kids <laughs> in a way. I'm your yeah. stepmom. And uh, like you say, it is interesting how they kind of show how it's hard to be a parent, let alone go undercover and they do it in an atypical way. Like they'll just start it out atypically and that's the characterization. It's like, I wish more shows would do that. They kind of do. There's parts of Chicago PD that do that nowadays, but there's other shows where it's like, uh, you're grading on my nerves, guys. You're not going anywhere. You're just yeah. eating up time and this yeah. is the parts which we fast forward so we get to all the shootouts and other bullshit. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like porn. where <laughs> You see it for the content, not the actual... Yeah, they're trying to like they're trying to build the character, but they're just giving us. But no, New York Undercover does that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, they they do it so well, and it's not like a Netflix show where it's like, 
okay, five episodes absolutely meant nothing and they were just boring you and going somewhere. And then the last five were, oh my God, great. It's like, yeah. It's like, I don't go back and do all this rewatching, guys. I need to actually like dig it. I have to know that it's going somewhere and be as forced patience upon myself. <laughs> that's good enough for me. But there's other times where it's like, that's just not good enough. <laughs> Uh, so there's some other good guest stars on here, and I hope other people watch them. I know Mario Van Peebles was in one episode. Uh, Keith David had a brief recurring role as like a priest. Jose Zuniga was playing a priest in one episode. He was the older brother of Eddie, and that was an interesting role for him because nowadays he's often the bureaucrat who shuts something down or the yeah. spoiled or the dickhead cop or politician, and he's just he he just always steals any show, but. Um, like you say, I mean, what could have been? I mean, season four, I thought, started out well, despite the recasting of the lieutenants, and then just fizzled away. It's just like no one wanted anything to do with it. And it seems like this is just a perfect example of when the powers that be just have virtually no power, just a show will just fade away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, you would think Dick Wolf would have stepped in once in a while and said, at least release season one or two. And it's like, no, it's just there must have been a conflict of interest since <laughs> Uptown Records is also wants some money from this. It's like, can we at least cut out the musical segments at the end? Well, then what's the point? Because it's also a music show. Very much so. <laughs> Even if you're not, and I mean, there is some great stuff. I think everyone can remember. Uh, Hello, Cool J and uh, uh, Living Color, uh, you know, songs that start out key episodes. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's, it, it, the music was part of it and in a good way. It, did, it wasn't making up for the lack of content. It really was helping characterize their world mm -hmm. and appeal to the audience. Oh, yeah. So we can only hope, I guess, at this point, that it get, keeps getting rediscovered on the internet. <laughs> I hope so. That was a good show. I mean, I would love to be able to you know, watch it all the way through. Yeah, I was really impressed by the YouTube and Daily Motion links. I was annoyed at first how you kind of have to have it be full screen in order to make it take up the screen because they were trying to bypass the copyright censors. So. Gotcha. Hopefully they keep doing that. I think its influence is definitely in anything else that's an undercover show, like years ago on TNT, there was a show called Dark Blue, and it was pretty oh, much Oh, I taken. know that show. I remember <laughs> yeah. that show with Dylan McDermott, yeah. Yeah, it was totally taken aim from that and Miami yeah. Vice, just showing how people... It's funny, I actually recently started uh, watching Miami Vice. No, all good. I mean, uh, it used to be on TV got land all the time, and then it just kind of just... Yeah, I'm watching it all through, uh, like, NBC's app on my Roku. Very cool. But, but yeah, um, Dark Blue, I, I remember that show. Well, it sure was okay. It would just dive right in. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was fun. It just wasn't as deep as it wanted to be. But yeah, New, was, New York Undercover was kind of the same, but they, you know, the characters were a little more deep. I think. Oh, totally. And JC were well, w w way more developed than any character on Dark Blue, and that, that's what was great about it. Like, like we're talking about, JC and Eddie are, are great leads. Like great, great, great co-leads. Work great off each other. Very well casted. Absolutely. And more or less, I mean, it is kind of a shame that much like NYPD Blue is just like, it was just so oversaturated by all the other shows at the time to where people would just want to just mock it. Isn't that, you know, NYPD Blue was like, isn't that the show which has 
uh, you know, people being naked. And this was the show where it's like, isn't that the show with minorities? It seems like there's just plenty of cynics back then. And I mean, even both shows had a reboot that was attempted and given to the network. And each time the network's passed on it, this is like, can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> you see the numbers on Hulu for the other show. What about people talking about this show? I can't. They passed on the NYPD Blue reboot? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Is... They passed on that? Yeah. Wow. It's, a, it, it's just a mind boggling. But yeah, same with New York Undercover. It had a reboot that was scheduled and everyone passed on it. And that's a it, shame. It's like, I think it was even, I think they flirted with putting it on NBC, you know, which would have worked probably better. And it's just, even them, it's like, no, nah, we've got enough cop shows. We, we just need more comedies that are only going to last one season. <laughs> I mean, oh, that'd be awesome if it was on NBC. Right? Because Fox didn't want it, so why don't you do it on NBC? But NBC just seems to want to keep ordering sci-fi shows and then not scheduling oh. them, and those get canceled. So... You'd have the I, Chicago crew go on there if they really want to. I mean, yeah, they could totally cross it over with them. They you know, Malik Yoba show up and just say, Voight, you did this crime and, you know, uh, you were part of this op years ago and you put this guy away. You're going down, motherfucker. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that'd be awesome. Because I think that's the other thing, too. We need some inspirational, you know, minority characters. And Malik Yoba, you know, has just since stolen the show on three other key shows you know just uh i mean many will always recognize him from cool runnings as the jamaican bobslayer but <laughs> i mean he's on empire revolution alphas and just heartbreakingly realistic as the fbi deputy director on designated survivor so there's another homicide connection but he's on designated survivor too i did not know that uh yeah he and uh reed diamond were both on there just and it just brought, diamond he he was just great on there because he was kind of the tragic set of it all where he's having to be professional and then his daughter gets kidnapped and then he's just like well now i gotta find out who kidnapped and killed my, such a my young daughter and oh my God. and how do i do my job because i want to be a vigilante right now and i'm not going to be a vigilante i have to be by the book I, you know someone has just gotten elected president under the most unlikely circumstances and you know we're in a very crisis filled scenario here where everyone you know we're in modern day politics where everyone needs a scapegoat everyone wants to make yeah. headline news and my my agent is out of line and i must suspend her immediately even though she's the best <laughs> even though i my heart's not even in being a federal agent anymore because my daughter's just been killed you know uh it's it's a damn good show, and I'd definitely do an episode over it. It's just, and that was another show where it's just like, network was acknowledging it, and then they canceled it. And it's just like, and then Netflix revived it, and then they canceled it. It's just like, guys, why do you do this to us? People, I feel like sometimes the networks just want to give some fanfare, but they just want to do the minimum. Just, yes. They, they want to do a party, yeah. but they want to buy everything from Circle K as opposed to an actual yeah. store. Exactly. <laughs> I'll just go to the Valero across the street. You like pie? Let's get pie from there. And I'm like, no, I want you to go to Sam's Club or Costco. You're going to give us some damn good pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they want those initial ratings and just get people excited. And then we want yeah, to break we don't your heart. <laughs> <laughs> we must break your heart. Can we break your heart? I want to break your heart. <laughs> Please let us break. Let, let, let us break your heart. Let us bleed you dry. 
So thank you ever so much for being on the show here. Uh, where can we find you on of the course. interwebs? Uh, I'm on Twitter. Okay, uh, perfect. McEwen James. I'm also on Facebook. James McEwen. All right, uh, wonderful. And you're welcome back anytime. Wonderful. I would love to come back. What a great time. This is, yeah, we did. <laughs> for those who don't know, we recorded two episodes back to back and just all in the span of an hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, you know, I think Zoom and Skype are really just keeping us alive because I chose the good time to just get into podcasting. And just it's like, hey, we can socially interact while the pandemic is still wiping us out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and just driving us insane. You know, it's like I see people who just want to constantly just go to social media or constantly just get disappointed in life. It's like, no, life is short. Unless I'm not going outside, unless I must go to work, and other than that, you know, I can interact with people from afar. <laughs> you guys yes, absolutely. aren't taking this serious. You can keep surfing and keep wondering why you're hacking and coughing. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's, it's not worth it. <laughs> There's plenty of ways to have fun and talking about what you love really does kind of shine. Exactly. Out it's got to get creative. Creative. <laughs> if only the networks were. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> We'll return after these messages. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try... They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure-All, sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, Dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag, and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, PJ. Ah, yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers, yes. the Google Play, yes. Apple Podcasts, what else? Podbean, what else? Podcast Addict, goddamn, all that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere, worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah, we gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want us hear us say. Ah.
As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And while Witch didn't make it to the top of the world, he did make the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. So join the gang and enjoy a movie review podcast about movie gangs, gangsters, mobsters, and the mayhem they cause. You can find GOH Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GOHpod at www.gohpod.com as well as your favorite podcast listening app. And remember, say hello to your little friend for me. If you take two old punk rockers who are past their prime, put them in front of a movie screen and give them a podcast, what do you get? Cinema punks. Cinepunks. It's the mixtape of movies. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Uh, necrophilia. Uh, uh, uh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get out of it. It's unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this, like, little nerd glee with everything that kept Little history doll popping up at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped from watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was going to be a rough How did you watch this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. It's late, it's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby.
We love good movies. We love the bad ones too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh yeah. Everything I learned from movies With a one last blind holes a gratuitous It's time to get busy with your friend Steven at eilfm.podbean.com Welcome to Who Was She podcast. I'm your host, Tara Jabari. After a decade working in documentaries, marketing, and all things digital media, I found that podcasting is a strong medium to share stories. After years of producing for others, I decided to start my own biographical podcast. Who Was She will focus on the life of a woman throughout Baha'i history. The first season is about Lydia Zeminoff. Lydia's story explores the subjects of the power of language and faith. Her father invented the universal language Esperanto, and she came from a Jewish family and became a Baha'i. She grew up during World War I and was killed during World War II in a concentration camp, despite heroic efforts to save her life. How can one person's life intersect with so many others, connect across borders, and inspire a biography which inspired this podcast? Over the next few weeks, I will share her story with you and the lives that were most affected by her and those who affected her life as well. They include her father, Ludwig Semenov, her spiritual mother, American journalist Martha Root, and the Baha'i German soldier, Fritz Mako, who worked for the resistance undercover while having to serve the Nazi party. I want to thank the author, Wendy Heller, and George Ronald Publishing for their blessing to let me use Heller's biography, Lydia, The Life of Lydia Zeminoff, Daughter of Esperanto, as a main and instrumental resource for this podcast. So please subscribe and learn about this amazing woman who traveled through three continents in an effort to bring unity through the power of language. You can also find more information on our Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Who Was She Podcast. Music was composed and performed by Sam Red. I am your host, Tara Jabari. Join us next time as we begin our journey about Lydia Zeminoff. Hi, everybody. It's Mac Jackson. I wanted to invite you to a new site called the Forever Adventure Network. This website has everything. Pictures, videos, blogs. There's original music by Harmony Constant two podcasts one is the macgyver podcast where we celebrate richard dean anderson his iconic roles and how it's influenced our lives there's episode discussions interviews and life conversations the second podcast is the never gets old podcast where we celebrate all the best things that we love in life from tv movies music and comics. The site is also the home for the MacGyver SG-1 audio series. 
an ongoing adventure series that continues the adventures of MacGyver and SG-1. There are also multiple stores to choose from for all of your pop culture and adventure needs. Come on by and check us out today. And thanks for joining the adventure. Are you sick of the same old stale podcasts? Well then join Vanessa and Darren as they dissect movies of all kinds. The two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites, curiosities, and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room, where they examine books and short stories. So just look for them on Apple Podcasts and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VD Clinic Pod. Join them on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash VD Clinic Pod. Or email them at vdclinicpod at gmail.com. They're ready to cure what ails you. <laughs> and still, they just might be a little contagious. Hi there. It's Heather from the Watching Netflix Without You podcast. Did you know that there are over 1,200 Netflix original feature films and documentaries? And that number is only growing. So I've made it my mission to watch as many as I possibly can. Then, with a delightful guest or guests, disclaimer, more often than not my brother Ryan, we spend an episode rating, reviewing, and discussing a film at length. The first half of every episode is spoiler-free for those who haven't seen it yet. And in the second half, after a very clear spoiler warning, we dive into it. And that's really about it. You can listen to Watching Netflix Without You on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. We now continue with our program. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up.